What is the future of growing red raspberries in Washington State? Kind of has a lot to do with whether you can make money doing it or not. Welcome back. We continue on the Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. You know that things have been tough uh, for red raspberry farmers the last couple of years in particular, and we've been t- we've talked about that off and on here on the program. A lot of it has to do with trade stuff, trade issues, and are other countries who send their red raspberries into the United States playing fair? Uh, the red raspberry community here, and particularly the Washington Red Raspberry Commission, has been calling for. Some investigations and and has even been saying there's the potential here for a a lawsuit, an international trade uh, lawsuit, essentially, uh, because they they feel there are some unfair things going on. The first step in all that is to figure out what is really happening and why, why have raspberry prices been on the decline? When, from what we're hearing, consumption of raspberries isn't down. Joining me right now with the Washington Red Raspberry Commission is their executive director, Henry Beerlink. Uh, And Henry, you've got some news this morning talking about this investigation now that, that the top levels of our, you know, federal trade, um, I guess, leaders are, are saying they're going forward. Explain what's happening here. Yes, we just actually got the schedule for a fact-finding mission that uh, the International Trade Commission is going to do on our behalf to try to better understand what is happening in terms of what's coming into our country and what form and how it's being reported and what effect that is having on our industry, which is something we asked for. We had a bunch of our growers went to D.C. probably last spring had some discussions about this being a potential tool that would really be helpful for us. Uh, We're promised that we would have that done. Hmm. It became kind of set on the back burner a bit as the USMCA, which is the agreement, trade agreement with Canada and Mexico was being finalized. But once that was finalized, they actually made a report about a week ago, about a month ago saying, yes, they're going to launch this fact finding Hmm. investigation on our behalf. And last night we got the report of the schedule and just how it's going to occur and who's going to do it and how we're going to participate. So basically, and and correct me if I'm wrong in, in how I'm summarizing this, you guys say there's a problem and then there are some smoking guns with some unfair trade practices that are happening but this is really nailing down what those are and proving it that's been one of our biggest dilemmas is that we understand from when when we have um and this is let's be clear our iqf or individual quick frozen price has been reasonably decent it's probably a sustainable price recently but what's happening is over half of our fruit goes into a puree or straight pack, or which either um, doesn't make the grade at IQF or there isn't enough IQF capacity or market to be able to handle it. So really more than half our berries go into this more industrial pack. And that is being undercut by imports, uh, dramatically undercut by imports because of their much lower prices, much lower quality too, but mm-hmm. they can bl- buy some of ours, blend with it. And that's one of our big issues is how do we understand what's coming in? And when uh, issue when they come across the board, ports, they have to report under a certain what they call HTS, Harmonized Trade Code, 
but that data that we're seeing under those codes does not reflect what's happening in our market. And then for us to be able to move forward with any kind of a trade suit or whatever it might be, we have to have better data. And that's what really what this is all about, is trying to get better data. So you talk about prices being undercut. And to just to roll back to the background of how this came to be and what you guys believe is going on there and, and hoping to get a, a better picture of what really is going on with this new data, uh, we can explain more how that works. But first, you're talking about prices being undercut. And well, hey, you know, someone could say, well, competition is competition, enough, right? Right. But the, the concern is it's not just tough competition, it's unfair competition. How does that actually work? What What's, and again, we're, we're mm -hmm. working on really nailing down or right. approving what that is, but what's the belief, I guess, right now? The, what, what's going on there with this fruit coming in? Where, where is it coming from? How is it coming in at such a low cost that makes it unfair? Well, the, the trade rules will say that you country, uh, our countries that import into the U.S. cannot import underneath their cost of production. That would be called dumping fruit into our market in order mm -hmm. to destroy the market for our domestic growers. There Which are laws against before, that. Right? We have used those laws in the past. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, uh, and it goes on, it's not just us, it's steel, and everybody uses anti-dumping laws in order to say, hey, um, if we didn't have those kind of laws, the importers could um, produce, um, bring into it and take over a market, drive us out of business, then jack up the prices because we're totally vulnerable as a mm -hmm. market. So there's reasons for it. But what we have to be able to do is have the data to prove that that's happening. And what we believe is happening, especially in some countries where the fresh raspberry market is dumping some of their excess and some of their not um, quality fruit into our puree markets and juice markets, that they're doing that under their cost of production. And therefore, they should be vulnerable to a trade action like that. I can see what you're saying on steel as far as, you know, trying to push people out of a market. How does that happen in in fruit though how would they flood the market to basically push us producers out and then or, or what, what's the motive why would you want to bring fruit into the united states below the cost of your production in in a different country mostly because that isn't their primary reason we, we sense that most of our issue our competition is really the fret a byproduct of the fresh market raspberry mm. people and we don't do a lot of fresh marketing in fact hardly any so our products are either the IQF or the juice or the purees. And in the juice and puree markets, we're competing with a byproduct of the fresh market in offshore. And we can't do that sustainably. We can't do that in a way that if they can just dump it, whatever price they can get for mm -hmm. it. And we have to try to compete so, with it. We can't. Byproduct of the fresh market. Right. What, what does that actually mean in, in regular okay. people terms as far right. as like working in the field? Okay. And yeah, they're picking fruit that right. you know, we, we've seen so much more, you know, fresh red raspberries in the store in the last 10 years than we've ever they're seen. They're there all the time, yeah. 365 days a year. And you'll notice that many, several times of the year, they're from Mexico. They're not out of California or something like that. They're from Mexico or some other uh, southern country where they're producing year-round. But what they're doing there is um, they're either producing excess for what they can sell in the fresh, and they're dumping it into the frozen market, or they're actually collecting. What they used to do is dump berries that maybe weren't that good into a gully or something because they just needed to get rid of them. Now, because of the spotted wing Drosophila pest, they have to collect all that fruit, so they put it in a drum and they get rid of it. 
uh, whatever price. So we're trying to compete with people doing that, and we that isn't that's going to be impossible to do. It's going to still it's going to mark the end of a a big portion of the raspberry market in this country if we can let that continue. Spotted wing drosophila, so they can't right. just leave the waste fruit land right. around because it, a bunch of rotten fruit is a breeding ground for the bugs. It all adds up. It can make yeah. it turns around. That's the way. What's what? That's part of this problem. So. Uh. Spotted wing drosophila, we've talked about it before on this program, and it's been a game changer in a lot of different ways That's to right. red raspberry production here uh, locally and and as we're seeing, I guess, across the, the continent. Again, uh, with the Washington Red Raspberry Commission, their executive director, Henry Beerlink, on the program with us. So that's the the working understanding of what's going on and what's potentially being done that's unfair. Now talk more about this data. You're talking about trade codes and stuff. So this fruit, I mean, fruit, we're used to the Mexican fresh fruit that comes in that we see in the clear plastic containers in the grocery store. You're saying the ones that don't make the cut for that, if they have too much or if it doesn't make quality, ends up as puree or juice or something else. And that comes into the U.S., but that's where it's not being tracked correctly, and we don't actually know what's coming in of that category? That has been one of our big challenges. We've been trying to find how much is actually coming in in that form and going into our process market. The numbers coming in under the um, the frozen codes or the codes that we use are not showing that there's a dramatic increase, and yet all of our our people are selling, are selling, um, they're telling us that they're being undercut every time they lay out a price that somebody from Mexico or some other country like that ex- will say, well, hey, I can buy it from there for a third of your price or half your price. So mm. uh, how do you compete with that? And that's what's got, that's what we have to change if we're going to maintain our market here. So how does it get here? I mean, someone like me, maybe I'm naive to this. I would think, well, if something is coming across the border... You know, that has to be tracked by somebody. How is it How is it getting into our markets where people are saying, oh, yeah, I can get this stuff way cheaper, yet the official data doesn't show that it's available? Uh, that's been our challenge. Uh, we have some suspicions that maybe they're coming in under the fresh codes and they're not dis- dif- differentiated mm. as opposed to the other because it is fresh. It's maybe coming in that way, but it isn't clear. And until we can justify and make it clear, we can't bring any kind of case against something that we don't have good data for, and we don't. We're not. We're not excited about bringing a case. Hmm. Where that is that is the last um, thing we really want to do. We want just to make sure that our industry is sustainable and able to compete. And we need good data, and we need all of us to understand what is happening here and the effect on our growers, including our um, our exporters, uh, the people or the people that are importing into our country. Because we know many of them, we work with them in many regards. We don't want to get into a lawyer, big, expensive case. But we do want to make sure they understand what's going on and uh, changing their some of their behavior so that mm-hmm. it doesn't destroy our industry. And, and so basically, you want to know what's coming across the border. Right, right. Fresh, is it is it a puree? Is it something else? Get better tracking of that. You're saying you, you just got some new info as far as the schedule, how this is going to actually work. What do they do? They they add, I, I've heard something about adding codes or new codes that they would put on, you know, that something right. comes across the border and, hey, this goes under that code that maybe didn't exist before. Right. 
how do you is it customs u.s customs that actually tracks this how do you make them do this is essentially what they'll be doing is is forcing them to change their way of doing business at the border not about forcing but we're going to at least educating we have actually worked on those things for the last couple number of years we have had two or three new codes created in order to try to help us better understand what's happening we petitioned and we'd be able to get new codes the data still doesn't give us what we really think we need and what's capturing what's happening. So we have asked them to take a good, hard look at this. And our um, congressional delegation and the Department of Agriculture has all supported this. It has now gone to the U.S. Um, Trade Commission, International Trade Commission, and they are going to be look at the industry as a whole. They're going to look mm -hmm. at fresh and frozen. They're going to look at consumption. They're going to look at pricing. They're going to collect a lot of data over the next several months. There will be a public hearing in this fall in um, D.C., and they hope to have this report completed by June 2021. And I understand the Trump administration's very top trade official, Robert Lighthizer, is involved in this. So this goes right. The letter was top. signed by Lighthizer, yes. Mm -hmm. So what what are we hearing? What do they think about all of this? Are they doing this because they also have a suspicion that something is going on? Or what did it take to get this to happen? Well, I don't think raspberries is on the top of everybody's <laughs> mind in Washington, yeah. D.C., but our yeah. growers have been really working hard to make sure that, that we don't get forgotten in all these things. And, and I think they've been very effective at doing that, communicating through our congressional delegations, through the other, all Washington dele, um, congressional delegates, and, and also through the administration, the Department of Agriculture and, um, it, and Commerce. And so a lot of those kind of discussions have actually resulted in, um, in some really interesting um, consequences. And we've also working with a legal firm in D.C., although I think many of these things that got going by just our growers asking questions, calling people, mm -hmm. visiting people, making sure that their dilemmas were clearly understood. And they've been very good at affecting, at um, creating some results from that. KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and this is The Farming Show. We're talking right now with the director of the Washington Red Raspberry Commission, Henry Beerlink. Um, so what, what happens then? They go through this whole process. Right. Kind of what, what, are, what are the options here? A, they find that, yes, our, our suspicions were accurate. Right. B, they find that they aren't. Are there any other <laughs> options here? I, I think there's a lot of good data will provide a lot of information for us and for the, our, the, our competition um, mm -hmm. that are importing into our country. It, it's going to just help us all make better decisions based on real quality data rather than suspicions or rumors and those kind right. of things, which never give us a very good um, a base for good decisions. So this is really going to be very helpful. Now, you know, what's going to happen at the end of it? Now, if there's clear anti, if there's clear dumping going on, uh, we are prepared to file a legal anti-dumping suit or countervailing duties suit. There's several different trade tools that we have either used in the past and we're willing to use in the future. But they're very expensive. That's not the way we want yeah. to spend our money. But there's other ways. Um, just getting the information out will be very helpful. Short of litigation, though, if this new data shows that there are some unfair practices happening, are there already mechanisms in place to stop that without litigation? There's, I mean, isn't that what U.S. Customs is supposed to be doing, is, is policing these kinds of things? That, unfortunately, the way that works is that we have to bring those kind of cases in order for them mm. to do it. They're, they're not doing it as a regular plea. They're not like this state patrol waiting <laughs> to see if somebody's doing 70 miles, 75 yeah. miles an hour. That's not what's happening. We have to bring the case in order for it to happen. 
But now our competition is, again, as people that we know for the most part, and they understand the threat that if indeed the data shows that they're what they're doing is going to put them vulnerable for a anti-dumping suit, they're probably going to stop doing what they're doing. And yeah. that's a big hope of what we're hoping to do, whether to, to do this cooperatively, partnership, rather than through the courts. But without the threat of doing it through yeah. the courts, we may not get what we need. So the threat was is there. What are you hearing, uh, just to shift gears a little bit, and, and thanks for the update on all this, what are you hearing from uh, growers right now? What are the big concerns as we, I mean, we're, here we mm-hmm. are getting within a month of harvest almost. Yep, we're getting I saw some bloom, bloom out there yes, yesterday, and yes, I always know my, my dad's, the clock in the back of my Six raspberry weeks, grower's right? yep. head starts ticking once he sees bloom out there. Bloom, and then bloom to berries about six weeks, and <laughs> yep. so that's where we're at right now and generally uh, fields look pretty good there are some spots in some of our older fields and the meeker fields in particularly that have had some damage but you know there's always some damage yeah. there hardly we ever know. is a perfect perfect year so we're looking well at a decent crop this year probably not a bumper crop like we had two years ago but something better than we had last year when we had a pretty tough year what production wise what's the talk in the markets well, IQF has been, I guess I say, it's not a not a, a banner kind of price, but it's probably a sustainable price. Mm-hmm. But the PRAs and the juices are laboring yet. Uh, there's still some supply out there that is not being able to move because of the competition that we just talked about earlier. And um, that isn't going to get better unless we do some of these kind of things. Any sense of what the COVID thing is is going to do or is already doing to the markets? From what I've been hearing, it's total wild card. Yeah, I think it made a big bump in people wanting to use more ingredients, you know, as uh, and that was obviously to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not people bought a whole bunch of frozen berries and now will um, have them sitting in the freezer and not need to buy more, <laughs> I, we don't know those things. But we generally think it's um, it, it has not been a real negative for our market side of things it's obvious going to be a a real challenge for us to grow Mm. and to use the labor and all those kind of things in a way that's um protects everybody those are on people's minds right now how are we going to do this very very much so henry beerlink washington red raspberry commission thanks for your time this morning we appreciate the update anytime thanks dylan